are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Let's talk about the joy of the Lord this morning. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the foal, and there shall be no herd in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk sees everything going wrong. The people are living in wickedness. There's unrest. There's violence in the land. There's injustice, oppression throughout the land. It seems that God has turned a deaf ear to his prayers. And in in bewilderment, he cries out, Lord, how long? How long do I have to keep crying out to you like this? And you still do nothing about it. I've been watching for a change, watching for an outbreak of revival in the land, watching for something to happen. Yet nothing happens. Have you ever felt like that? Have you been praying for loved ones? Wanting to see God make a change in their life? But it seems that nothing happens. This is a problem of unanswered prayer. Or delayed prayer. Delayed answers to our prayer. But now God answers Habakkuk. The amazing thing about this prophecy is that it's not addressed to people at all. Rather, it is a dialogue between God and a man. God and Habakkuk are having a discussion. That's why it's so up to date. Every One of us can call ourselves Habakkuk. We all go through the same situations in life. We see the same situations in the political realm. We see the same moral situations all around us. And we ask God why. So God has an answer. God says, I've been answering your prayer all along. Habakkuk, you accuse me of silence, but I have not been silent. You just don't know how to recognize my answers. And aren't we like that? God is always speaking. God is always speaking to me. He's always speaking to you. But many times we don't hear him. Because we have preconceived notions of what it will be like 
of how God is going to answer it, what God is going to do, and when he's going to do it. He said, you don't recognize my answers. He said, I have been answering, but the answer is so different from what you have been expecting. He said, and even now, when I tell you, you won't recognize it. You won't believe it. As God reveals that he is in the process of raising up the Babylonians, a wicked, brutal nation, to be his tool of judgment against Judah. Habakkuk questions, why, Lord, would you do that? Why would you use a nation that is even wickeder than our people to exact judgment? They're your chosen people. God then gives him a vision. And his question is answered and responds in a declaration of faith. I will rejoice in the Lord. No matter what happens, no matter what the situation is, I will still rejoice in the Lord. Habakkuk made it clear that he did not like what was going on in his life. Can you relate to that? I'm sure you can. We have expectations of what should and what should not happen. We have clear expectations of how God should do or not do something. Habakkuk teaches me that true joy in the Lord is not dependent upon my circumstances. Happiness is, a, is dependent upon circumstances. But joy is not. The joy of the Lord is not. Standing before fruitless trees, failed crops, empty stalls, he determines to rejoice in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? Webster's best definition for joy is a feeling of great happiness. That's the best we can come up with in the natural realm. This do not accurately describe the joy that Jesus gives. Christian joy is a fruit of the Spirit it is spiritual in nature. Those technical things are okay. It is spiritual in nature. It's often shown in extreme happiness. Some of us experience the joy of the Lord and in certain situations, we express that. We, we celebrate that. We rejoice in the Lord. But sometimes people are not that kind of a makeup. And, and in, a, in a service this size and these many people, 
There will be some who, when we're singing a joyful song, the words of the song takes meaning to your heart and to your life, and you begin to rejoice. You wave your hands. You clap your hands. You shout glory to God. But there may be someone next to you who is not moving at all. But that's their characteristics. That's the way they're built. And they can be enjoying, they can have just as much joy of the Lord as you have. So don't judge people just because they do not act the way that you do when you're, when you're full of the joy of the Lord. Amen? We need to understand that. But most people, most people are emotional people. And I always say, if you can shout and scream when one of your favorite hockey teams scores a goal, you can shout and scream for Jesus. Amen? So don't tell me you're not emotional. Rick Warren defines joy as the settled assurance that God is in control of all details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. I believe that every born-again Christian should be bubbling over with the joy of the Lord. The scriptures, both Old and New Testament, speak of this joy. Isaiah, in Isaiah 12, 2 and 4, says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. John chapter 10, 4 verse 10. Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. That's the living water of salvation that is within each one of us that has asked Christ to come into our hearts. And that's the joy that Jesus said can be bubbling over into everlasting life. John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38 says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and said on, with a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That's the joy of the Lord. Some people find it difficult to manifest this joy, especially in church. Reasons vary for that. I'm going through a difficult time right now, so I can't be joyful. Listen, that's when you really need to be joyful. When things are going wrong, that's when you need to shout the praises of God to make your declarations of faith before him. As you anticipate his promises, the promises of his word that are yes and amen to those who believe, that's when you should rejoice. It's something to rejoice about. Amen? It's easy to be joyful in the Lord, though, when things are go going our way. What about when it's not? Habakkuk was looking at the worst possible circumstances. God revealed to him what he was going to do. And Habakkuk 
knew the, the, the nature of the enemy, and he knew what was about to happen. God showed him. He said, I'm still going to trust in the Lord. Habakkuk realized that inner peace does not come from outward prosperity. Both happiness and sadness are determined by circumstances. But all of God's people have joy. It needs to be released. You need to release the joy that you sense within your spirit. What is down in the well needs to come up in the bucket. Amen? It comes through an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Joy is found in the person of Jesus Christ who gave his life for us. Christian's joy is in the Lord. He said, yet I will rejoice. Holman's Bible Dictionary tells us that joy is found, the word joy is found 150 times in the Bible. And the verb rejoice appears well over 200 times in the Bible. Anything that appears in God's word then many times is important. Amen? It's very necessary. The verb rejoice is, is like to celebrate, but it, it's taken to a more extreme than just celebration. You might rejoice after winning a championship, or your team wins a championship. How much more for Jesus? We rejoice in salvation. We're saved. We're born again. We're washed in the blood of Jesus. We've been set free. We possess eternal life. Jesus said, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You remember the disciples came and they were so delighted that they were able to cast out demons and heal the sick. They were rejoicing over that. But Jesus said, listen, that's good. But rejoice that your name is written in heaven. That's the most important thing. Is your name written in heaven today? Do you know that if your heart were to quit beating right now, you'd go into the presence of God? That's the important thing. Rejoice in that. That's something to rejoice about. Our sins are blotted out. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Joy is not something that we are born with. It is given to us through Jesus Christ. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's spiritual in nature. When I received Jesus as my personal Savior, I was born spiritually into the family of God. Jesus called this experience born again. The born, when you hear the words born again, or you hear uh, us people referred to as the born agains, it's a word that comes right out of the Bible. It is a word that Jesus said. A man came to Jesus and he, he asked him what should he do, what did he need to do to have eternal life, and Jesus said, you must be born again. Everyone who accepts Christ Jesus into their life, accepts what Jesus did up on the cross, is born again. When you confess your sins, you become born again. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus 
uh, called it born again. I became a, a citizen of the kingdom of God when I became born again. And the word of God says in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's what it's all about. It's not about, about, about partying, parting. It's, it's about that joy and that peace, that righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness can make you, uh, religion rather, can make you miserable. But a born-again experience with God fills your heart with joy. A person can be deeply religious and never know Jesus Christ. I said a person can be deeply religious and never know Jesus Christ. It's not about religion. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. People who are deeply religious and don't know Jesus miss out on the joy of salvation. Jesus is the reason for our joy. I'm a prodigal son. I was lost, and now I'm found. I was dead, and now I'm alive. My heart was black with sin, but now my heart is white as snow. It's no wonder I'm joyful. I've got something to be joyful about. Habakkuk said, I will joy in the God of my salvation. And so will I. How can I not rejoice? I've been forgiven. Hallelujah. As I conclude this morning, I'm going to ask the music team to come back. The believer who has lost everything can rejoice in the Lord. You can be destitute without anything, but you can have joy, the joy of the Lord. You can rejoice in the Lord. Job could say, after he lost it all, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Back when the full gospel message came to Newfoundland, a man received Jesus Christ as his Savior, got filled with the Holy Spirit. He was a logger. He later became a preacher of the gospel in Newfoundland. He had recently become spirit-filled and uh, while he was away from home cutting pulpwood, that was his, he was a logger, his home burned down one, one night, and his wife and children were burned. The local pastor, knowing this man, would need some comfort from a brother in Christ, took it upon himself to go and find him. He had to travel many miles, 
It was back in the 30s. And uh, while he was on his way, he, he, began, he was thinking, you know, like, what is the man going to do when I tell him? Is he going to be angry at God? Is he going to blame God? Is he going to renounce his faith in Christ? And he prayed for the man as he was on his way. It took him two days to get to the logging camp where the man was. When he got to the logging camp, contacted the foreman and found the place, found out where the man was cutting wood. And he went in the trail, broke the news to him. The man was silent for a while. Tears welled his eyes. And then from his lips came the words of Job, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Could I do that? If that was me. Could you do that? Could you say those words? I believe we could. I believe those of us that know the Lord, in a time like that, the joy of the Lord is in your heart. But you know that God is still in control. He certainly wasn't happy that day to know that his family and children had died about two days before. But he had the joy of the Lord. You blow a motor in your new truck. You've got some big bills. You're not very happy. You still can rejoice in the Lord. You can have, still have the joy of the Lord in your life. Your family member may disappoint you or hurt you. You're not very happy. But you have the joy of the Lord. He gives you that peace that passes all understanding. When you should be falling apart, you're still rejoicing in the Lord. You're not expressing happiness at a moment like that. You're not disregarding the fact that something bad is happening or happened in your life. But Jesus is your, your, your steadfast hope. Jesus is the one that you're relying on. He's the one that gave you life. He's the one that will keep you in your time of need. The joy of the Lord 
is your strength. Happiness is dependent on circumstances around you, but the joy of the Lord is spiritual. It came within you when you received Christ as your Savior. Nobody can take that from you. Christian joy is a result of what God has done in you. It is spiritual in nature. That is why we can rejoice in the Lord in every situation. You may be facing a dark period in your life today. Things may not be going the way that you would like it to. But will you allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength today? Will you allow the Lord to do in your life what he wants to do? God is not out to put you down. He's here to lift you up, to give you strength, to give you hope to give you a future. Amen. Would you stand with us? Maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord is your Savior. I want you to know that Jesus wants to give you that joy and that peace. And if you don't know him today, if the Spirit of God has been speaking to your heart, I want you to pray this prayer with me as everyone who knows the Lord will pray along with you. Would you pray this prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe that Jesus is your son, that he died on the cross for me, that he died for my sins, that his blood Cleanse us from every sin. Today I accept what Jesus did as a full payment for my sin. Wash me in your blood. Forgive me of all my sin. I receive Jesus into my heart. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, Jesus has forgiven you. You're a part of the family of God. Now you're one of the born-agains, whether you like it or not. Amen? Praise the Lord. If you've done that today, if you've prayed that prayer, let us know because we have some, some uh, material that we want to give you to help you in your new walk with Jesus Christ. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.